The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Hello, Kat. Hi, again. Hi, again. Yes, we uh, got together earlier to try and record, and then the wonderful infrastructure that is Florida decided to knock out the power for Cat. Well, it's not really Florida, it's Comcast and their POS. Yep, yep, yep. I am... This is the first place I've ever been that I don't have to deal with Comcast or Cox or any of those others. (laughs) Dude, I hate Cox so much. Really? Well, then you married the wrong human. <laughs> I'm talking about COX, not male genitalia, you pervert. Um, But a buddy of mine was in the army, and every time he moved, he would tell, they would say, oh, are you moving? And he'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, well, where are you moving to? And he'd always tell them somewhere like, Baghdad, Afghanistan, or Mogadishu, Somalia. And they'd be like, oh. Would you like to take your cock subscription with with you? And he's like, no, no, I'm going to Somalia. No, I'm not going to take cocks with me. (coughs) Also, I apologize, dear listeners. I do have a bit of a cough. Clearly, I'm kind of talking all right. I'm not super nasally. I don't have a stuffy nose. I just have this tickle in the back of my throat. So occasionally I cough and I apologize. Apparently, occasionally yawns. Well, that's just because it's almost my bedtime. Okay, well, read me a story then. Okay. Story time. What had happened was. What had. Oh, yes, you're right. Honey. Oh, you did so good. <laughs> okay, yes, continue. Okay, so what had happened was. Maya and Sirius went on a date. Plot twist. So they Mm-mm. go on a date. And then this muggle. Marlene McKinnon starts talking to him and he starts blabbing his stinking mouth and then Maya overhears some stuff and she gets all mad about it, obviously, but he shouldn't have been running his mouth, but I still blame Marlene because I feel like we don't like her. But anyway. We don't like her. Okay, we don't like her. So yeah, so then he's like, oh crap, I think I messed up. And then, because he messed up, she goes to the room of requirement with Remus. Whoa, 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 What? You missed a major plot point there, friend. Oh, I did. Maya was in the store, and Marlene kissed him. And that's when Maya walked out of the store and saw that. And that's why she freaked out. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I missed that. So then she gets all like muggle mad and goes to uh, the room of requirement with Remus. And then they end up doing the horizontal mambo. And then there was the um thing where, what what's that thing called? The, like the walkie talkie thing? Oh, the coins. Yeah, so they were doing the coin things, and then, like, he was like, you messed up, man. And Sirius is like, yeah, I really did. So at least he realizes the errors in his ways, but it's all about whether he fixes it or not. Yeah. So, the short version, Marlene's a hoe. Yes. Sirius a hoe. Yes. Everybody a hoe. Yes. Everybody is a hoe. It's like it's sleepless in Seattle. My dad's kissing a hoe. (laughs) Dude. She's a hoe. She's a hoe. My dad is kissing a hoe. (laughs) God, that movie. The therapist is just like, calm down, kid. Like, Jesus. 
You're the one who said you wanted a new mom. Like, you can't, like... He didn't want any new mom. He wanted Meg Ryan, who didn't. Because the hoe laughs like a hyena, which she does. But... Hilarious. Could be worse. Oh. My. (laughs) God. Chandler Bing. (laughs) I love Janice. (laughs) Janice and Joey, stay out fun. Oh, I love her so much. That's not even so her real terrible. talking voice. That's just like... Oh, no. No. Crazy. Oh, God, no. I think my other favorite part. You have my new address, right? Uh-huh. One Yemen Road, Yemen. <laughs> I think that's my favorite part of the entire series. Yeah. But, without further ado... The Dead of Time. Namesake chapter! Namesake chapter. I am so fucking excited. Especially because, not this week, but next week, marks our one-year anniversary. It does? I thought it was on the 20th. Well, yeah, okay, so we're going to be like two days off, but that, that we're going to have an episode on the 18th and the 20th, that Sunday, is our anniversary. So. Wow. Oh. Okay. So our anniversary is nine days from the day this episode is released. Yes. Happy birthday to our podcast. Happy birthday to our podcast. Actually, there's one more thing that we do have to do because I, like I think everybody who grew up during this time, feels some sort of way on today because... It's not the day we're recording, but the day this is released is September 11th. And not to bring the mood down, but just taking a second to remember. And to say, Michelle, Renee, Bratton, we love you so much. And we miss you. So now that we've taken that moment of silence and appreciation for all those who lost their lives that day now onto the happier part of your day the dead of time and it is thundering like a motherfucker outside so the dementors are coming the dementors are coming Ooh, ooh, you know what that means what chocolate time yes chocolate time chapter 46 Fire, whiskey, and honey. Mm, that's us. That's us. Also, you have a present coming in that has something to do with that. But anyway, um, March 13th, 1976. Yeah, I know. I've been waiting. I got my wax melter already. I've been waiting for my soap. Like, Oh, no. I- I'm not talking about the fire, whiskey, and honey scented wax melts. Oh, well, I want those. They're coming. March 13th, 1976. Did I say something? (laughs) No, I really hope you guys can hear the thunder in the background, because it is impressive. The Room of Requirement was turned into a replica of the Gryffindor Common Room, as Remus said it was one of the few places that he felt at home. Maya worked on the room while the other girls collected treats from the kitchen, and the marauders snuck into Hogsmeade to acquire drinks. The only difference in the faux Gryffindor common room was the distinct lack of other students. A large table was provided in the center where gifts, all from honeydukes, drinks, and food were set out like a feast. It had taken a plethora of promises, pleadings, and many called-in favors to get Lily to look the other way when the marauders brought in fire whiskey for Remus's birthday party. She finally relented after Remus pulled the sad, lonely werewolf who only turned sixteen once card. The only things Lily insisted on were that the party happen on the weekend, so that the preparations for the upcoming OWLs would not be disturbed, and that it take place in the room of requirement so that younger years would not walk in on the older Gryffindors, prefects especially, setting a terrible example for the future of the wizarding world. A toast, James announced with a grin, pouring the first of what was sure to be many shots of fire whiskey for the gathered fifth-year Gryffindors. To Remus, Happy birthday and many happy returns to you, Mooney. 
The small crowd toasted to Remus and downed their fire whiskey, though Lily, Alice, and Frank were more than happy with the butterbeer that had also been brought into the castle, courtesy of Madame Rosemerita. Mary leaned forward with a curious expression, setting her glass down on the table. I have a question. I've wanted to know for a while now. What's with the nicknames? What nicknames? The four marauders chorused, their tones innocent despite the identical smirks adorning their faces. Maya began to chuckle quietly, intrigued to see how the boys got out of this. Playing stupid was not something Mary would likely tolerate. Mooney, Mary said. Why do they call you that, Remus? Once, during summer holiday after third year, Remus pulled down his pants in front of a group of muggles, Sirius joked. James and Peter burst into laughter. Remus punched Sirius in the arm, indignantly shouting, I did not! Mary Snickers, red face, okay, and Padfoot. I have very delicate feet, Sirius said, winking at her, as though stating the texture of one's soles was the ultimate pickup line. Mary in turn rolled her eyes and moved on to Peter. Wormtail, she asked with a scrunched nose. Honestly, how do you even like that name? Peter meekly shrugged. I'm not exactly a fan. They picked it. Why? Alice asked. Peter was born with a tail, James said. They had to cut it off. His mum keeps it in a jar on the mantle. Both Remus and Sirius howled with laughter, while Peter, wide-eyed, vehemently denied the story in its entirety. Care to know why we call James Prongs? Sirius asked Mary, a strangely seductive tone in his voice as he waggled his eyebrows. Not with that look on your face. Oh, oops, that's not Mary. Not with that look on your face, Lily scoffed, rolling her eyes. It's probably just as equally disturbing as the rest of your stories, and there will be just as much truth to it. Honestly, Mary, you shouldn't believe a word they say. It's nothing but sarcasm, arrogance, and exaggerations. I exaggerate nothing, Evans. James winked at her, the fire whiskey clearly helping him shift his love-struck antics into genuine flirting. Neither, however, worked on Lily as she folded her arms and scooted closer to Mary, further distancing herself from James. He scooted closer to her in response. I take offense at being called a liar, Sirius declared. If anyone here is a liar, it's Maya. She almost ended up in Slytherin, did you know? He was glad when Maya smiled at him though her eyes were slightly narrowed. After their epically failed date on Valentine's Day, Sirius returned to the castle to find Maya had disappeared somewhere with Remus. Once the two of them had returned to the common room, Sirius had apologized profusely for what had happened with Marlene, and Maya forgave him, hugging him tightly and apologizing as well. They both agreed that a first date on Valentine's Day had been a bad idea, and that, in the future, they would try to just be casual about whatever was about whatever it was that was happening between them. Remus had given Sirius the cold shoulder for a week. Okay, but like why? He got laid out of it. Yeah, but... But Sirius also hurt his best friend's feelings. Yeah, I know. Yes, and it, it's, it's bro code. Bro code. But, technically, not that it should be this way. Because it goes against girl code, but she technically put them in that situation. Yeah, that's why you don't mess with best friends. Yeah. When James found out what Sirius had done on his date with Maya, he broke Sirius's nose, being the good brother that he was. Being the good friend that he was, he escorted Sirius to the hospital wing where Sirius, being the good friend that he was, concocted an amazing story about a fanged frisbee flying into his face. The culprit... I just fucking jumped. That was so loud. Whatever, Hannah Beth, just leave it in so they know what the fuck I'm talking about, if you can hear it. Uh. The culprit, having mysteriously escaped, when Maya heard about what happened from Remus and confronted James and Sirius about it, they both gave her the rehearsed fanged frisbee excuse and refused to make eye contact with her until she let it go. Things mostly went back to normal after that, though Maya could often feel Sirius's gaze on her when she was not looking. You were almost a snake? Mary gasped at Maya. 
Maya smirked, remembering her conversation with the sorting hat. It's not a bad thing. My mother was in Slytherin for crying out loud, and she's one of the best witches I've ever known. That doesn't make me some sort of liar. Remus gaped at his... Oh, I lied. Uh, Sirius beamed at her. There's only one way to find out. I suggest we play a game, he shouted enthusiastically, reaching into his pocket to pull out a small file, presenting it with a flourish. Remus gaped at his friend. You were serious about that? Aren't I always? What is he talking about? Maya asked. Veritaseum, veritaseum or dare. James poured himself another shot of fire whiskey, then leaned over to refill a few empty glasses around the table. The Pruitt twins taught us. You put Veritaserum in a shared bottle of fire whiskey. Every round begins with someone issuing a dare to everyone. Each person can choose to perform the dare. If they don't want to, they can choose to drink the Veritaserum. The person who issued the dare then gets to ask the table of drinkers any question. Any question except the truth of how we all got our nicknames, Sirius added quickly. Those are absolutely off-limits. The stories are better. Trust me. Where did you get Veritaserum? Lily asked, tossing a scathing look at Sirius, who was already reaching for the second bottle of fire whiskey in the center of the table, twisting it open with practiced ease. The four marauders grinned at each other before answering Lily in a way that sounded suspiciously rehearsed. This will come back again and again and again. It is a very often quoted line from this story. Listen, remember it. It'll make sense. Also, you may or may not see shirts and or bags with this on it. I brewed it, said James. I bought it, said Remus. I found it. Oh, I found it, said Peter. I nicked it, said Sirius. I'm in. Mary said with a delighted look on her face. Come on, girls. There are things I've been dying to know about these boys. There are things I would rather remain in the dark about, Sirius said. Lily said flatly, Jesus. I don't want to play. James grinned and winked at her. Come on, Evans. Are you afraid I'll ask you how often you dream about me? Lily scowled in response. Fine she said, accepting the challenge. I'll play, but just so that I can set the record straight once and for all, then maybe you'll get off your bloody high horse. High horse? James tilted his head. Is that like a pegasus? Muggle phrase, Maya muttered to him. So, we're all in? Sirius asked, adding the drops to the bottle. Do you know what you're doing there? Alice asked nervously. Yup, just following the instructions left by the Pruitts. Too much, and we'll all end up confessing our deepest secrets without provocation. Too little, and we'll manage to get in a lie or two. Needs to be exact. Okay, I was wondering that, because I was wondering if you drink it, do you have to be asked questions to tell the truth, or are you just, like, have the urge to tell the truth? Because if you do have the urge, I would be like, Maya shouldn't play this. <laughs> neither should Remus, neither should Sirius, neither should James, neither should Peter, because they all know that Remus is a werewolf and nobody else does. Yeah, but I her, is, it's does, even but... worse, because it's like, I put the future! <laughs> That's so raven, it's the future accent! Yeah, pretty much. I wish you guys had seen the headbang I did to that because I feel like it's just going to sound weird, but with the with the motion, it made more sense. Also, my head hurts. <laughs> I think this is a bad idea, Remus said, shaking his head. Nonsense, Mooney. This is your birthday party, and therefore you think it's a brilliant idea. I promise. Now, each shot glass will have enough veritaserum to answer one question, so each round you have to drink another shot. You realize we're both prefects, right? Lily pursed her lips, looking at Remus, who only shrugged shoulders in defeat. Sirius grinned and held up his glass. I'll go first. I dare everyone to take off their shirts. So we're just easing into this, then, Remus asked sarcastically. How is that fair? Maya huffed, crossing her arms over her chest, defensively. We've already seen all you boys without your shirts on. Sirius smirked, raising a brow challengingly. Then take the Veritaserum, kitten. 
Maya hesitated. She knew this was a dangerous game. She knew too much and had too many secrets that she could never divulge. A part of her imagined that in the worst-case scenario, she could easily stun them all and ask Professor Dumbledore to obliviate their memories. She reasoned, however, that nothing too life-altering would come out of this game, since Sirius's intent was, apparently, just to see the girls topless. Fine, she agreed, and poured herself a, sh- poured herself a shot of laced fire whiskey. My tongue is playing tricks on me today. Blech. I'll take the drink, Lily decided, reaching for the bottle after Maya, followed swiftly behind by Mary, Alice, Remus, Peter, and even Frank. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, guys. By the time all the drinks were poured, Sirius and James already had their shirts off, both grinning. Maya scoffed at Sirius. You completed your own dare? Something tells me it's going to get hot in here. Everyone, drink, Sirius ordered. One by one, they downed their shots. Maya, Remus, Peter, and Mary were used to the feel of fire whiskey. Lily, Alice, and Frank, however, all started coughing as the liquid burned a path down their throats. Answer truthfully, Sirius insisted, as if they had a choice. Why didn't you accept the dare? That's your first question? James gawked at him, wide-eyed. You can ask them anything, and you want to know why they didn't take the stupid dare? Sirius shrugged as he rolled his shirt up tightly, tapped it with his wand, and transfigured it into a headband he then used to hold his hair back from his face. I'm curious. Plus, the good questions will come once we're all good and sloshed. Now, answer the question. I don't want Jamie to see me topless. Maya answered immediately, realizing that she could have also included the others in her answer, but the Veritas serum provoked the topmost reasoning. I'm shy, Alice answered. I thought it was a stupid first dare, Mary replied. I didn't want Potter to pass out, Lily answered, glaring at both Sirius and James. I was just doing what everyone else was doing, Frank answered honestly. Same here, Peter said. I don't want people to see my scars, Remus replied, mirroring Lily's glare at Sirius. Sirius winced apologetically. Sorry, mate. What scars? Mary asked. I fell down a mountain, Remus answered immediately, looking relieved that the Veritas serum had already worn off. Maya was impressed with Sirius's ability to follow the Pruitt twins' instructions. The Veritas serum clearly only lasted the one question. My turn! James said, eagerly staring at Lily beside him as he revealed the second dare. I dare you all to kiss the person to your left. Veritas serum. Lily refused immediately, glaring at him. One by one, they all twisted to look at the person on their left. Mary laughed and leant over, planting a quick kiss on Lily's lips before she had a chance to think twice. Alice, next to Mary, blushed and reached for the bottle, muttering, No offense, under her breath to her friend. A grinning Frank, however, blushed as he leant over to kiss his girlfriend. Alice giggled at their rare public display of affection. You're really not my type, Pete, Remus said, shooting his friend a good-natured smirk as he reached for the bottle. Sorry, Frank, Peter chuckled and grabbed his shot. Maya turned to Remus, sitting to her left and smiled. She had no problem with this stare. She proved it by leaning over and kissing him gently and sweetly, nothing like what they had done earlier that week when they had celebrated his actual birthday in the prefect's bathroom. When they broke apart, Maya heard someone clearing their throat behind her and turned to look at Sirius, who was smirking at her. Hello, lady on my left. Maya rolled her eyes, motioning with her hand to silently tell him to get it over with. Sirius leaned in close to Maya, closing his eyes. However, before their lips could connect, James blurted out the question, Why don't you like me? whilst looking directly at Lily. No one had taken their drinks yet, so the table fell silent. Sirius groaned, and Maya echoed him, knowing that this could only get ugly now that James had taken a fun game and made it personal. While looking at her brother and Lily, Maya felt Sirius kiss her on the cheek to fulfill his part of the dare. Ask a different question, mate. Remus suggested. No, James insisted, his eyes a little glazed over from drinking so much already. He gestured to Lily's glass. Drink up, Evans. With narrowed eyes and her lips pressed together, Lily snatched her shot of fire whiskey off the table and slammed it back, wincing at the burn before turning to James. 
I don't like you because you think you're better than everyone else. You never talk about anything but yourself unless you're embarrassing me. And while you are talented at many things, you lack any form of humility. You're spoiled, you refuse to take no for an answer, and you're mean to my friends. The room fell silent as Remus, Peter, and Alice drank their shots and all responded something along the lines of, I actually like you, James. All right, someone else go and lighten this shitty mood. It's Remus's birthday for crying out loud, Sirius snapped. I'll go, Mary offered. They all watched as Lily furiously turned away from James, folding her arms tightly across her chest. With his lips still parted in shock, James was silent as he processed Lily's words. Maya frowned at her brother, knowing that Lily spoke the truth, but with the amount he was drinking, she worried that James would not remember enough in the morning to make the necessary changes to his attitude and actions. Half an hour later, they were sufficiently plied with fire whiskey. Mary still ended up topless at one point, much to the delight of Peter, who had wilted when she refused to snog him on a dare. Alice and Frank were passed out in a corner, but only after confessing, under Veritas Hiram, that their shared worst fear was not surviving the war. Sirius had put his hand on Maya's knee when she paled at that, assuming she was secretly afraid of the same thing. The rest of the group, sans Peter, who, too, had reached his limit and collapsed in a large, fluffy armchair in front of the fireplace, began repeating old dares, knowing each of them would take the Veritas serum instead, finding that digging into everyone's secrets was far more entertaining than watching Maya give Remus a lap dance at Lily's amused suggested dare. James mumbled to Sirius that he thought Lily's dares were uncreative and needed work. "'Who was your first kiss?' Mary asked the group. "'Maya,' Remus said fondly. "'Amos,' Lily admitted shyly. "'James was clearly doing his best to ignore her. "'Sirius,' Maya whispered, "'and Sirius's eyes widened just a little at the declaration. "'James,' Sirius answered, "'at the same time that James said, "'Sirius.' "'Everyone turned to gape at them.' What? I don't want to talk about it, Sirius replied swiftly, pouring himself another shot of the untainted fire whiskey as he recalled the moment in question and how he and his best friend had sworn each other to secrecy about the hows and whys of it. James poured himself another shot, lifting it in apparent agreement with Sirius's sentiment, while the rest of the group laughed at the sudden discomfort between the two. It didn't last long as Sirius and James toasted glasses before downing their individual drinks. Eventually, the dares stopped altogether and the questions turned personal. "'Why did you curse all those girls on Valentine's Day, Maya?' Mary asked with a smirk. "'You've always been very clever with your pranks, but that was just... <laughs> something else.' Maya rolled her eyes, and Sirius watched as they glinted amber for the smallest moment. "'Because it was sick that girls were trying to trick him into loving them. "'Also, if any of my boys choose to fall in love with a girl, "'that girl needs to be approved by me.' "'So you're okay if Remus falls in love with someone else?' "'Mary asked. Maya smiled. "'Of course, but only if she's perfect for him. "'Until then, he's still mine.' "'Remus heard it when Remus whispered, "'Bloody right.' in Maya's ear, making her blush. The color spread down her neck, and he watched as she adjusted her seating, leaning just a touch closer to Remus in the process. His eyes narrowed, head full of jealous, jealousy and fire whiskey, and his nostrils flared when he inhaled sharply, catching a scent on the air that made something inside of him twist with envy. I dare Potter to go ride his broom around the Quidditch pitch, Mary declared, distracting Sirius from his shifted mood. That's stupid. James stared blearily at the girl, one eye half-closed. I've done that a thousand times. For the record, I could still do it in my current state. Oh, wait, it's not because he's drunk. Ha, got it. He insisted, taking another sip of his drink, not even noticing that, ten minutes earlier, Maya had charmed his glass to refill itself with water. Mary smirked. I dare you to do it, naked. Oh, what is this, the parent trap? Done, James said loudly with a determined look on his face as he clumsily got to his feet. Heavens, come on, you're going to want to see this. Lily rolled her eyes. I really don't. You and Mary go ahead. I'm going off to bed. Happy birthday, Remus, she said before heading to the door, ignoring James, who was still clearly under the impression that she was coming to watch him fulfill his dare. 
As the door closed behind them, the three remaining friends sat beside a near-empty bottle of fire whiskey. Sirius leaned forward and poured them each another shot. You're not going to watch prongs? Sirius shook his head. Not this time. As funny as it'll be if he falls off. Even I don't want to see what happens if he gets splinters. What? Oh, come on. Splinters in the scrotum are funny. I'm pretty sure every man watching, listening to this is going, uh-uh, no it's not, but it would be funny. Anyway. Um, oh, I, I was like, okay, I get it. Because the broom is made of wood on the handle, and that's where you sit. Because I was going to be like, it didn't say anything. Oh, okay. I'm slow tonight. Besides, he handed the glasses to them, watching closely as they drank. I still want to play. I think we're done with the game, Maya murmured as she moved to sit up. She'd evidently forgotten that Sirius had poured her drink from the laced bottle, and he used that to his advantage when he asked in a deceptively casual tone, So how long have you two been shagging? Since Halloween. The words spilt out of her mouth before she even fully processed the question. Maya gasped, covering her mouth, and then turned to glower at Sirius. I knew it! I fucking knew it! He stood up and kicked over the small ottoman he'd been resting his feet on, feeling the betrayal as it shined through in the heat of his glare. I could smell him all over you. I've been smelling it for months. So what? Maya shouted furiously. You've gone around shagging every Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Gryffindor that bats their eyelashes in your direction, and you've never... And I've never been with anyone but Remus. Is that your problem? That I chose him and not you? But she said she wasn't gonna wait for your punk muggle butt, you Jesus. Boys His are skin- stupid. Preach. His skin was hot, burning with anger and covetous energy that felt like lightning rolling beneath the surface. He remembered the kiss in the secret passageway and how something inside of him just clipped together the moment he had tasted her for the first time. The look he had in her eyes then was only for him. Her kiss belonged to him. Her words were his alone. You did choose me. And you didn't want me. Maya yelled, her voice breaking. Sirius could see her eyes glistening as tears threatened to overflow, and that same clicking thing inside of him turned into a dull ache at the thought that he had made her cry. Maya spun on her heel, her hair slapping him across the face in the process as she fled the room. <laughs> hair slap! <laughs> oh, I slapped myself. I can't fucking talk. Oh my god. Anyway, I slapped myself with my hair when I was making fun of him. Uh, Before he had a chance to go after her, and he wanted to, the light in the room shifted, and Sirius was suddenly in Remus's shadow. You're such an arsehole. Sirius stared up accusingly at his too tall friend. You told me you split on Halloween. We did, Remus said with a glare, right after the first night we were together. But she's the closest to perfection I'll ever see unless I find a true mate, and... And that makes it okay for you to fuck her without actually being her boyfriend? You're using her. She's been using me, too. She uses me to forget about you because you're too stupid to see that she wanted you first. And you fucked it up. Remus snapped, his eyes turning golden. The smallest part of Sirius told him that it would be smart to be afraid, but he was too stubborn to care. Sirius cursed Remus's recent growth spurt and his own poor genes that kept him shorter than his friend. Remus took a step forward, forcing him to take a cautionary step backward as the common ground was taken from him. So I go to her, and I'm with her, and I take care of her while she waits for you to figure out what it is that you bloody want from her. I'm there so she doesn't have to be alone, because Merlin knows you've never had to worry about that. Sirius tried to defend himself. I haven't even touched another girl since... Since Marlene on Valentine's Day? Remus growled, eyebrows raised. Yeah, Maya told me about that one. Came to me crying her bloody eyes out. You are not supposed to hurt her. It is our job to protect her. I know that, Mooney, 
Sirius yelled, throwing his glass down on the floor and feeling a sense of short-lived enjoyment when it shattered. I'm trying. Remus glared at him. How are you trying? I screwed up, mate, Sirius sighed, running a hand over his face. I'm, I'm protecting her from me, but fuck, I can't keep away from that girl. It's like she's, like she's mine, and my body and my soul knows it, he said, pounding his fist against his chest angrily. He knew it. He knew she was his, and he needed to be with her, but then he thought of his family and the sick and twisted way his parents had looked at him during his last visit. He had seen the way Bellatrix had looked at Maya when threatened. He couldn't expose her to his family. It was too dangerous. But my brain keeps telling me that I'm never going to be good enough for her, so I try and keep away because it's better. He sucked in a deep breath to calm his nerves, only to have Maya's lingering scent of arousal in the air flood his senses. I wouldn't have if she if I'd known she was just going to go running to your bed. You stupid mutt, Remus snarled. Sirius glared up at Remus. Bloody fucking wolf. Sort your life out, mate, Remus ordered him, a challenging look in his eye. Get over this jealousy because until you make a final decision about Maya, I am going to be there any time she wants me. He leaned in close and Sirius could see the wolf behind his friend's eyes. Remus growled low with a provoking tone. And she wants me often. Shaking with envious resentment, Sirius declared, She wanted me first. She wanted me first. She kissed me first. I can still remember every detail. I bet her lips still taste like fire whiskey, don't they? He smirked, attempting to ruffle his friend's fur. Remus merely grinned at him, completely unperturbed. The rest of her tastes like honey. These boys, I swear, they're... So just to be clear, fire whiskey and honey refer to what Maya tastes like. Apparently. The title of our podcast is Dirty. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> I've been waiting for this chapter so I could tell you that. And I wear that on my chest. like. Say it with your chest. Yes. But yeah. Little ass muggle. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get the title of your podcast? Her neck, her back, her pussy, and her crack. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, if she true. really does taste like that, I want to know what skin products you're using. I want to know what you're eating because. Pineapple. Like, pineapple. She's eating pineapple. <laughs> She's eating a lot of citrus to balance the alkalinity down there. Well, you might as well just go get some body wash. (laughs) Well, she's not eating (laughs) shrimp. We know that. Or asparagus or broccoli or garlic. Oh, my God. That reminds me. So I went, uh, my husband was playing video games and I was trying to let him know that I was going to go record And I was like, I pointed and I was like, I'm going to go record. And then I put like my hand in front of my mouth, like a microphone, but I kind of did like a shaking motion. (laughs) And he was like, you're going to go blow another dude. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I'm not going to go blow another dude. I'm going to go record. And he's like, maybe don't shake your fist in front of your mouth. But why would he think it's another dude? I would have thought he would have been like... Because well, I was like, the pointing you... away and like doing it, and he was like, "You're gonna go blow someone? Like what? What's happening?" <laughs> yes, Jimmy. Yeah. That is how I'm making my money now. I mean, it'd probably be a lot more lucrative than the podcast, but yeah, no probably. offense, guys. <laughs> Fire whiskey. And I get blow. what you get in ten years. In ten days. Wait, what? What? I don't think What's that's how it goes. That I get what you get in 10 years, in two days. Ladies love me. I'm on my cool J. If you get what I get, what would you say? She wax it all off. Mr. Miyagi. 
and them suicide doors. Ari Kari, look at me now. Look at me now, bitch. I'm making paper. Yeah, I wish I, w- I wish I wouldn't have been driving, because that would have been a fantastic video. But I was driving. That makes me so angry. Oh, and I got really drunk into that entire rap, yeah. Yes, and you called me to come get you because you didn't have anybody to take you home. Yeah, that was a good night. <laughs> I don't even remember when that was. Because I am such a good friend to everybody, because everybody needs me. And so do all of our fans. Yes, but they don't ask me to keep crap in my car. That takes up the whole back seat. But that's a different rant for a different day. (laughs) Well, you know, Kat, all of this talk about the Marauders. You know what it makes me think of? Candles. And wax melts. And soap. Because guess what Starcross Sundries did? Made some soap so y'all can wash your hands or your paws, whatever you have. Mm-hmm. And wax melts and they're amazeballs. Not only that, they've dropped their fall scent. Oh, don't make that face. Yours are in root. Yes, I know. I'm just jealous because I keep reading how everybody's like, it smells so good. It's so awesome. And I'm just like, must be nice. <laughs> And it will be nice for you very shortly. I actually have autumn bonfire burning right now. And it's kind of like, it's a little spooky, but it's like a nice spooky. But yes, Starcross Sundries has released their fall line and has teamed up with us to offer a uh, discount code once again. The discount code this time is Fire Whiskey Friday. No E in whiskey. Again, that is Fire Whiskey Friday. All one word, all lowercase. They also have their own Facebook fan page now, and if you go there, you can get the password, which gives you access to their not-so-secret-secret menu, where they have a pumpkin creme brulee and fruit rings, aka Fruit Loops, but we can't call them Fruit Loops because that's copyrighted, so fruit rings, and witch's brew, and some other fun and funky smells. Um, They have, like I said, they already released, released, released. Their fall line, which is amaze balls, because they have the orchard and they have pumpkin spice, which is like good. It's like nutty and sweet and delicious. And Kat's glaring at me because she wants to smell the goods. But head on over to Starcross Sundries. Fire Whiskey Friday is your discount code and support the wonderful Rin and Elizabeth. Because it's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. This is how we do it. So, anyway, the dead of time. So, um. Once he left the room of requirement, comma. Yes. So, Sirius asked if she still tasted like honey or fire whiskey when you kiss her. And Remus was like, yeah, but that pussy's sweet, though. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, That's not my what he said. God. But I hate that word. Shia, Shia is just sitting there going, ah, ah, stop, ah. <laughs> I hate it, make it stop. <laughs> You're perverting my words. And that is exactly what she sounds like. I'm kidding. I love you, we, Shia. We, we are perverting her words. From what I am told, the other version of this is herself perverting her words. I wouldn't call it perverting. I'd call it expanding upon Okay, it's the big girl version. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And now we're getting to the big girl portion, which we will read on AO3 to be released the day after this podcast. Because last time I realized, I was like, oh no, people are going to listen to the Patreon version and then not listen to the real version. And we want you to listen to both. So we we will be releasing the Patreon versions of these on Saturdays. That also gives us an extra day to record. Yay! Once he left the room of requirement, Sirius's plan was to track Maya down in the Gryffindor common room and give her a piece of his mind. He wanted to be angry with her, but he knew that he didn't have any right to be. Still, drunk as he was, he let his emotions carry him through the corridors. He didn't even make it back to the Gryffindor tower before he caught her scent in the air and turned, spotting her in the corner of a dark alcove in the back of a corridor on the fifth floor. She was crying. He could see the moonlight reflected on her tear streaks, the large window letting in enough light to illuminate her face. 
He frowned and slowly made his way over to her, no longer determined to yell or scream, instead intent on apologizing. Merlin, he hated it when she cried. Swallowing hard as he approached her quietly, he softened his gaze as he whispered, Maya. When she lifted her head, he didn't see the sadness he expected. He saw righteous anger flashing in the depths of her glare. He was shocked at the sight, but far too inebriated to react when she slapped him hard across the face, turning his head to the side with the strength of it. His head turned back, slow and deliberate, a dangerous growl crawling its way out of his throat as he set his gaze upon her. She drew in a sharp breath. It looked like she had a torrent of angry things on the tip of her tongue ready to fling at him, but she didn't have the chance to say any of them as he swooped in, stealing the words from her mouth and the breath from her lungs as he covered her lips with his own. With his hands on her waist, Sirius lifted and slammed her body up against the stone wall behind her. Ow! He ravished... He ravished her mouth almost violently, all lips, tongues, and teeth, drinking in every bit of her. A part of him worried that the lingering drops of Veritas serum on her tongue, mingled with his own, would force him to confess his deepest secrets to her, confess that he loved her, that she terrified him, confess that he was worried she would be used against him by his family, confess that it was painful not to touch her, to taste her, at every waking opportunity." When she moaned his name and bit his lower lip hard enough that he tasted blood, he was reminded of who he was. Sirius Orion Black. Sirius Black, who was selfish, impulsive, reckless, and greedy, and damned the consequences. He needed the girl to know that she was, what she was doing to him and everything he wanted to do to her. Frantically, his hands skimmed down her ribs over her lower back to her arse, lifting her hips upward. He pushed himself between her thighs and let them wrap around his waist. Breaking his territorial marking on her lips, he gently pressed kisses to her neck as he tilted his hips forward, pressing his erection against her. Do you see what you do to me? She whimpered in reply, breaking her nails over his scalp. She took a hold of his hair and tugged, trying to pull him back to her lips, but Sirius resisted. The harder she pulled, the tighter he gripped her hips, and the harder he ground himself against her. He let a hand wander away from her side, over her bare thigh, pushing the hem of her skirt up around her hip as he drew patterns across her skin, watching with egotistical amusement as her lips parted, holding her breath, waiting for him to keep going. Sneaking his fingers beneath the edge of her knickers, Sirius groaned and rested his forehead against her collarbone breathing down against the lush skin of her breasts, which he was desperate to see, but lacked the additional hands necessary to divest her of her clothing without leaving her untouched. Tell me, kitten, he said with a low, gravelly voice, pulling away and pressing his forehead against hers to stare deeply into her eyes. Is this for Remus or for me? He chuckled when she refused to answer. She was always so defiant, never the one to be bossed around. Merlin, your eyes are like the color of chocolate, he whispered, refusing to break his gaze. But I bet they look like fire whiskey when you come. And they did. Maya's eyes practically glowed amber when her body shook and her hips snapped forward. Sirius stole the cry from her lips as it tried to escape, taking it, claiming it, feeling her nails digging into the back of his neck as he kissed her deep <laughs> and hard. There it is. I thought we weren't going to get one this time. I was trying to hold it in. <laughs> <laughs> you got so close. There's only one, like two sentences left. I know. I couldn't take it anymore. That's what she said. They were both left gasping when he finally broke away from her. He lowered her legs to the ground, but she refused to remove her hands from around his neck, his, her breath hot against his mouth. Fuck if Remus wasn't right. She tasted like honey. And again I say, damn you, Shia. 
So have where's to, my husband? I gotta go. <laughs> have to end the chapter when it's like getting steamy. Yeah, about that. Oh my god. About that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> it's kind of hot in here. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. Hey there. So, Kat, what'd you think? Well, I, I, is there a dirtier version of this? Because that's going to be interesting. There is. Oh, boy. In fact. So now it is time to thank our Patreon people. We would like to thank Miriam, Rachel, Becky, Jackie, Aguila, Becky, Rebecca, Carissa, Sandra, Chelsea, Nevi, Ryder, Ryland, Olivia, Ashley, Heather, Amara, Claire, Claire, Roshan, Jade, Hannah, Shannon, Audrey, Paige, Jillian, Kelly, Martina, Samantha, Amanda, Miranda, Sarah, Danielle, Caitlin, Rin, and Laura. Thank you so much, everybody, for contributing. Amen, sister. Gracias. And yes, one last time, huge, huge thank you to all of our Fox fans. We appreciate having you. We are so excited to have so many new names on our Patreon lists. We're happy to have you all, and we do hope to have all of your stuff sent out shortly. We do apologize for the delay that we've had, but... We are in the process of making us a more efficient and better run business. So we appreciate your patience as we grow. Yay, growth. Important. Also remember that if you want to grow physically and mentally and healthfully, we do have that new subgroup. It is Fire Whiskey and Fitness, and we are doing Witchy Wellness Wednesdays. We are doing Toot Your Own Horn Tuesdays, Motivation Mondays, and all-around sharing of recipes, motivation, and workouts. Also, if you want to see me look like an idiot with weights, join. If you don't, join anyway. And we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday! Woohoo! Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, fwhpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.